what's the difference between something that just happened to you and an experience that changed you? What's the difference between an experience that happened to you and an experience that changed you? I'm Dr. Rob McKenna, and welcome to The Wild Conversation, where we make the best thinking in psychology, leadership, and organizational science accessible to leaders who are willing to learn and edit for their sake and also for the sake of others. And today we're continuing our series on building whole leader continuity and specifically getting your people the experience they want next. I have to tell you a story about a guy I met this week that just kind of blew me away. I get more amazing moments out of Uber drivers than almost anybody else in my world. And uh, it's incredible to see. So I got I got in an Uber in Washington, D.C. this last week. And uh, my Uber driver's name was Leonard. You know that before you get in the car because it tells you on the app, right? So I get in the car. I started having a conversation with Leonard. I learned a little bit about uh, the fact that he's soon going to get married and uh, all this. And, and I found out that he's 60 years old. And, uh, and so I have this conversation and then a little longer into the, I don't know how this is kind of the way it goes in conversations with me. I keep kind of driving deeper and deeper. I find out that Leonard lived on the streets of Washington, DC and spent most of a couple decades living uh, underneath freeways. So I find this out. He's my Uber driver, right? And then I find out that his full-time job is at a very large coffee company that most of you are aware of, of which he shows me a picture of him with the CEO of that company. And I'm like, uh, stop driving, stop doing this while you're driving, Leonard. But anyway, he shows me this picture, which is kind of cool. He's very proud of it. He's like, who gets to meet their CEO? Now think about this, like what he had come from, right? And then he starts telling me about his experience working uh, in this major corporation. And I didn't get into like, I like a lot of Uber drivers, right? They've got this. This is the other thing that they do as well. And then he tells me this. He says, uh, he tells me about kind of where he worked and he loves customer service and he's gotten interested in training for customer service, which is amazing. I'm just listening to this guy's story and we're becoming friends in my 30 minute like Uber ride. Uh, and then he tells me also that he changed stores, that he made a transition. And I asked him, so what, why did you make that change? And he said, because in, in the first store I was in, my manager didn't see me. manager didn't see me. Those are the words he used. And I'm like, I use those words. And it was like, it came from him. I didn't prompt that. It was just interesting to hear that. We know there's some interesting research behind that. And he wasn't blaming his past manager. It wasn't like that. But he said, like, there was just this, my, in the place where I am now, I'm just, I'm, there's so much, I'm just, I'm being, being encouraged and affirmed in these moments where I do something well, I'm getting feedback that's direct and honest, but it was like, this is all this part of this story. And that so much of this is like, is helping people understand the experiences they want. It's just one part of what it means to, to see people. Um, I also want to have you think about this is like, how much is our failure in many cases to develop our people and our leaders um, providing an incredible cost to our business and our organizations? How much is our failure to do this at the next level sort of provide it just there's a there's a cost of doing that. And it's so interesting because when you think about return on investment, I think I like the the return actually in the term return on investment capital. Some of you who have studied finance know what I'm talking about. But that there's something that that leaders in businesses, business people sort of understand that I have to understand the return on invested capital. 
what it means to, to understand the return that I'm going to get on investment capital or money that's invested inside of a business. And what's so interesting when you hear business leaders talk about this is that they talk about it, they talk about all the finances and that the returns need to be there. And they'll oftentimes talk about on the surface, you'll hear them talk about the product and, and some of those mixes and the marketing and some of those mixes and the, the innovations that have been a part of that. What you don't hear them talk about oftentimes on major podcasts or like right away that they all know what that they'll talk about when they get there is that fundamentally the, the, that return on capital has a direct relationship to our investment in the people in our organizations. And what's fascinating too, is I'm not trying to make a, a, um, a revenue-based argument because I think we have to be very careful about that. We have to be very careful because I think making saying that there's a direct linkage between the right investment in our people and us making money, I think we have to be very, very cautious about making that statement. And research would also support that. However, I do think that there ends up being a correlation if you look at it between that deeper investment. But don't, but but that hopefully we wouldn't do it for the sake of that investment. That we might do it, that we might actually see people because it's the right thing to do, regardless of whether or not it makes us more money. That, that, that it might be the right thing to do. And so, and, and, and it's, it's so fascinating. When you look, you, you talk to people who understand the valuation of business, one of the things that they will actually look about that is a major factor that Daniel and I have heard some experts in this space speak to us about is that valuation of a business, when it comes right down to it, if you don't have healthy leadership, mature, healthy people that are able to deal with conflict, people that are understanding the experiences that their people need, that it affects the valuation of a business. It affects the valuation. So is we're gonna, if we get into this, this question about what, how do we provide the experiences that our people need? And what does this have to do with what I just described? So first of all, I have to, I have to once again, some of you heard this before, but like what is whole and intentional leader development? What is wild? And so to understand this, to understand experiences is necessary to understand this. The whole part for us means it's all of it. It means that every person who's listening right now, that you have a whole story a whole developmental story, a whole story of how you got into the work that you're doing that includes lots of twists and turns, lots of failures, and probably some setbacks and a lot of paradoxical tensions, all of it. Um, that probably also includes your finances and things of the heart. All of that is what we, what we think when we talk about whole, but we also are about this, that when you look at the research on leader development and on people development, it is a fairly complex story with multiple variables that are affecting each other. Like, would any of you like argue? I don't know if we would even argue with this that our finances impact our perceptions of the calling in our life. You know what I mean? Like that, what we feel like we could do, that our that our our feelings about our own competence affect how we show up on the job. You know that 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 how we show up in high pressure kinds of moments. That's the whole story. We also, the intentional part is this, this reality that most of the things that actually where something changes in our life, where we see a, a significant change, are, are places where there is some sort of system in place. Some Maybe it's a very basic system, but something that actually causes that deep change. And then when we talk about leaders, whole intentional leader development, when we talk about leaders, and even what I'm going to describe to you right now, we're talking about people this is the way I describe this is people who are in that moment of going first. So as I talk about the research on the power of experiences and how to think about getting people the experiences that they want, a lot of this research is coming out of the leader development space 
which is studies of people who have been in those moments where they are going first. And you all know this. I'm not about, it's not saying this is about uh, leaders go first. It's not that kind of leader, but it's some, it might be the first person to listen. But it's in that moment where you step out and you do something that has not been done before and you're out in front, you're probably in a management role. And how do we prepare a person for that? What does the research tell us about that? And then development for us means, we always say this, development is change and change is hard. It is just hard to shortcut that. It is often like fundamental change is difficult sometimes to pay attention to. So it's, it's, it's difficult. I get that. So when it comes to experiences, um, it's, it's really fascinating to think about this. So some of you, are, you've used the wild toolkit as, a, as our whole system for developing leader capacity that's based on all these different lanes of understanding we have about what it means to develop a leader but that that toolkit is built in a way that it's giving you um, taxonomies or a structure that we know is important, but the way that that structure works itself out is different for each of us. And within that, there's an assessment called, one of the tools is called the Transformational Experiences Audit, which gives you a chance to audit the experiences you've had, the experience you're having now, and the experiences that you would like next that are both based on what you want, but also based on probably what your team needs or what your organization needs in terms of the experience that would help you develop to the next level. And what's fascinating about this, you all, is that experiences is not the only thing, but it is a powerful thing. The research would say that, that the development of our character is affected by our experience, the development of our, our competence, the develop it, development of our efficacy or our confidence and our, our, our belief that we could actually get something done, which is related to our agency. Which, these are powerful psychological engines in the life of any one of us that are, that are even our perceptions of the calling on our, on our life is affected by the experiences we've had. We, we know this is true. And so it's one part of this whole developmental story. And, and quite frankly, one of the tools that we use, it's not the only thing, but it has linkages out to everything else. Because when you think about your own formation, sure, there's certain things you brought to the role or you, you brought to the table that personality matters, but that experience is playing a powerful role, right? In, in our own development. So what I want to, I want to walk through that. It's an awesome article that I think we're going to, we're going to provide to you. And it's, it's by a guy named Morgan McCall. And Morgan is a, is a friend. Morgan did some research that changed the way that many corporations today think about what it means to develop people's capacity. It like had a transformational impact. And, and Morgan did some of this, this seminal research that had this, but it's still, it's interesting because even today, even though this research was done back in the eighties and there's been many people, including us who have done follow on studies to see how these things work themselves out. Like for example, in the Boeing company, how do these experiences work themselves out for leaders in aerospace? And what we found was that most of the experiences that were found in other contexts were the same experiential categories in aerospace, both for, for leaders and also people transitioning to leader from leadership roles, from technical kinds of roles. We found that for nonprofit leaders, they were commonalities to these experiences. So what I want to roll through is what, what Morgan McCall calls in this article that he wrote, these seven sure bets that give us a way to think about getting like just experiences in general, but what it means to get the experiences to people that are looking for those things. So let me go through the first bet. Here's the first thing. This is what Morgan says. To the extent it is learned, notice how he so thoughtfully says this to the extent it is learned. 
because there are certain that personality, for example, does play a role, but it, but it's not the only thing. So we have to be careful about our fundamental assumption that leaders are just born. Even if you say out loud, like leaders are made, a lot of people say that who say that are actually coming from an assumption in terms of the way that they actually select leaders, the assumptions they make about people, about people's capacity to change. Kind of is the, the real assumption is that we're kind of fixed. We even have to be careful about how we use personality kinds of assessments, because when we do that, and some of you know the culprits in this, we give people a number, we give people a color, we give people a profile, and we say, and we think it's all about that. I'm not saying that those things are all bad, but I'm saying we have to be very cautious of that because it, it gives people the impression that they're fixed, which is the fundamental assumption that we're just born that way and there's no, there's no place to make movement. All right, so, so just to use that thoughtfully. So he says, first sure bets, to the extent it is learned, leaders, leadership is learned from experience. And what we know from that research is this, it's so fascinating that, that over half of our development over half, sometimes up to maybe 60 to 70% is not that, that trait stuff. It's things we learn through our, through our experiences that happen on the job. One thing that I, that, that I tell leaders all the time when they're thinking about their people in their organization, if people are dealing with tough situations right now in your organization, the one good thing I can tell you is this, the developmental laboratory is in place. Isn't that interesting to think about? Like, and I'm not saying these are experiences we want. These are things that are like, these are tough. Some of them are tough, which I'll get to in a moment. Number two, certain experiences matter more than others. Certain experiences matter more than others. In terms of, this is what I'm speaking specifically to developing leader capacity. So the idea that like, well, experience matters is not really very helpful until we start to provide. So, so you, some of you should be thinking, so which experiences matter more, Rob? <laughs> I hope you're asking yourself that. Let's talk about a couple. I'm not going to give you the whole taxonomy. I mean, I have the technical manual for the original research and our own technical manuals on this. So I can tell you what the list looks like. And in fact, if you want to see it, the transformational experiences audit in the toolkit has the whole taxonomy in it. But I'm going to give you a couple of examples. One of them, early non-management experiences. They matter. They're a big deal. My son, Ryan, is, uh, took a job with Sherwin-Williams. If those of you don't know, it's a paint store, right? He's uh, 19 years old. And, it's just, and what's fascinating that I didn't even think about is that Sherwin-Williams, do you know they have 4,000 stores around the globe in 120 countries? He comes home from a corporate training event. This is my son who has not had a job like this. It is unbelievable what he's learning right now that will affect his leader capacity I'm not saying he has to be, you know, go out and be a manager. I'm not, I'm not I don't do that, but maybe they feel that pressure just because the work idea. I hope I'm being a fair dad, but it's also like, I can't believe it. He came home and he said, dad, did you know that there are 4,000 Sherwin-Williams stores around the globe? Did you know that there is Sherwin-Williams paint on the Golden Gate Bridge? Did you know that Sherwin-Williams paint is on airplanes? Did you know that the guy who sells in our region also delivers paint to construction sites? Like these, are, he just came, he's just like exploding with, and he had all this data. He goes, they were showing me spreadsheets. Do you think this early non-management experiences is going to affect him? <laughs> Everybody's like, You're, yes, of course, right? That's one. Another, another experience, role models. You know what they called this in the technical manual? It's called that Morgan McCall research, the original research with others is called the lessons of experience research. And there was a book that was written about this. 
but under role models, role models is a key experience for people. And here's the deal. One third of the time they were bad role models. So the good news, if you're doing a horrible job as a role model, you're a lesson for somebody like how great is that? Right? So, but he literally titled this in the technical manual, the role models, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> like that's what it's called. Like in term, but it's a key development starting from scratch. When you have the opportunity to start something from nothing is an experience that matters. And it doesn't have to be, you start a business from nothing. It could be just, you get a chance to start a project from scratch, a turnaround, turnarounds, turning business, fix it situations taught people a lot of things. Projects and task forces was another major categories. It's so funny when you think about pro pro providing the experiential laboratory to people that's already there if they're struggling, is that you don't have, people don't have to have full-time jobs to have the experience. So think of the, the, the young leaders on your team. If you work in, a, in an organization with a very short, like a short hierarchy, some, the, the, the lie we tell ourselves is that because I don't have a lot of promotion opportunities, I can't develop my people. It's not true. It's not true. Short-term projects and task force assignments were a, a huge learning ground. I used to have master's students who would do, do literature reviews on topics that added value to the businesses that they worked for. Those, those projects of taking on just doing a literature review on, on a topic that mattered taught them amazing things. Um, another one, I'm going to, one final one, personal trauma. So that was the category that they called it. This is where it's kind of difficult to pay attention to this is that personal trauma, career setbacks, these moments that you would not wish on the people around you were developmental in nature. There's something about that. So we have, so it's, it's hard to think about it. We don't want to path ourselves to it, but when we experience it, it could be powerful. Number three on his list, those one and two, uh, number three. So we know that the second one was certain experiences matter more than others. I just gave you a sample of a couple of them. Number three, they are powerful because, the because of the challenges they present. Crucible moments matter. Um, they matter a lot. Okay, so it's like, that's the challenge is that I always say, like someone said to me recently, they said, God doesn't cause the, the hard experiences you have, Rob, or those crucible moments, but he never fails to use them. Kind of interesting, you know, it's interesting to think about it that way. Number four, different types of experiences teach different lessons. There was an interesting part of this research that different types of experiences teach different lessons. We know that, for example, a turnaround ex experience tends to teach things like learning to be tough or getting lateral co cooperation. These are just a couple of the lessons that were correlated with that kind of experience. Different experiences teach different things. Number five, jobs and assignments can be made more developmental. Jobs and assignments that people experiences can be made more developmental by including conversations and these kinds of structures for understanding these taxonomies can, can help them make, be more developmental in nature. Um, number six, people can get many of the experiences they need in spite of the obstacles. And it's funny because getting people into the experiences they need or that the organizations needs them to have to develop at the next level is a matter of knowing what experiences they desire and need and what's available to them. 
And I think that one of the obstacles so often as a manager says like, what if I can't get them the experience they desire? Well, that fear of that sometimes causes us not to actually have the developmental conversations around the experiences we might be able to get them toward. And then number seven, learning takes place over time and is dynamic with all kinds of twists and turns. This is what Morgan wrote. I have a direct quote from, the, from his article. Damn it, this is from a leader's perspective. Damn it, I just did it again but at least I'm aware of it this time. <laughs> this is like what one leader said. Um, and so that, that concept that it takes place over time, that learning and developing our capacity is not a moment. It's a, it's a, it's a repeating cycles. And I've heard so many of you talk about this with me. And he, he says this also, it's so funny. This is another quote from the article. He says, despite these sure bets and what we already know, the money is so often on other horses. Like we do development, we don't think about experiences, we don't think about seeing our people, seeing the experiences that they need that are in line with the experiences that the organization would be helpful if they got. And so what I guess I'm inviting you into is a, as we think about experiences, is that they are out there. There are, there are containers of these things. And I can prove to you that, that what's interesting about this also um, is this, is that, that intention around providing people experiences it oftentimes requires a system that breathes so that we have a framework and a structure, and then we have the opportunity to work it out together. And I can, I can almost, I can almost give you an example of this. Let me just, let me ask you this. Here's an example of how a system could change your own conversation around this. Let me ask you this. What do you want to experience next? And some of you are thinking, that's a big question, Rob. That's a big question. Let me ask it a different way. Let me tell you a couple of categories and then you pick. To what extent do you want to experience um, a moment where your work relates to your calling? To what extent do you want to experience a change to a larger scope? To what extent do you want to experience something where you get exposure to those in need? To what extent do you want to experience leading without authority? To what extent do you want to experience a renewed call on your life? To what extent would you like to experience an organizational switch? To what extent would you like to experience becoming a manager for the first time? Those are just some of the experiences that we know matter more than others in terms of developing leader capacity. And do you see how the, the conversation is so rich when you start to use that taxonomy of those specific experiences so that you can begin to think about, yeah, I want those. Let me tell you more about the story about why I want those things. Thank you for listening to this wild conversation. To join our live wild conversation on Fridays, visit our website at wildleaders.org backslash wild conversation and subscribe to this podcast for regular whole and intentional leader development conversations. Have a great day.